You know, Jackson, in times like these, in crazy times like these, where nothing's predictable and everything is is so out there and just like no one knows what's going to happen next, nothing brings a country together more than change. Nothing brings people together than a little bit of change and shake up in who's leading what. I know what you're thinking. Why are you talking politics on a sports podcast? I'm not. I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboy changing quarterbacks three times the last two weeks. And this one almost working. And the Dallas Cowboy fans are probably thinking, finally, change. A win is in sight. And the refs and the Steelers said, sorry, buddy, not today. And so while the Dallas Cowboys had change and there was hope for the Dallas Cowboy fans, for the rest of America who hates Dallas Cowboys, peace. You're welcome. Peace is still there. Peace exactly. has been withheld with the Steelers and the refs screwed over the Dallas Cowboys. Who doesn't love peace? You've got a good point there. I will say this, though. Uh, what's his bucket? I don't even know his name. His last name's Gilbert. That's all I know for sure. The quarterback for Dallas this week has this is his first game played, I think, or first game started in, um, I think it was close to 2,500 days since he's been drafted. It's Garrett Gilbert. And Garrett Gilbert, thank you. Went out against a pretty good Steelers defense, and he played just about as good as anyone could. So I got to give props to that man. But like you said, hallelujah for peace. Yeah, I think Garrett Gilbert was either a Texas or Oklahoma State guy, one of the two. He was <laughs> – this is what's going to throw you off. You were close to that. SMU. Really? Yeah. And he was drafted – He was, get this, drafted in 2014 by what back then was the St. Louis Rams. Wow. Talking about – Wow. Get drafted by the St. Louis Rams. That's how you know you've been in the league a little bit. I know, right? He, it's been that long. This is his first game. Yeah, Whew. That's over six years, my man. Six years. And he's finally getting his chance. But Jackson, I do have a question for you to answer. Um, when this team loses... America stays happy. What is the New England Patriots? Yes. I would have accepted New England Patriots or Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Um, that is our little tribute to Alex Trebek. Um, one of, if not the greatest, game show host of all time. Definitely the most iconic and longest lasting. I mean, just like he made that show what it is today. Dude, uh, Je- Jeopardy was awesome with him. One, and one, of, one of my favorite Jeopardy moments is when he had to read Drake lyrics. <laughs> and that's, just like, that's an all-time classic for me is when they made him read Drake lyrics. But he, he does stuff like that with such enthusiasm, and it's not a monotone voice. I thoroughly enjoyed watching him and the way he in, was enthusiastic with stuff like <laughs> reading Drake lyrics because that... That's hilarious. Being a, I'm pretty sure at the time he was 75 plus reading Drake lyrics. Crazy. Give me 
Alex Trebek forever and ever. Well, from one fallen legend to another, we go right into the NFL. This is Sports Brain Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sports Brain Podcast. My name's Caleb. That is Jackson. What up? Juice Man, Pow Wow Powers. Um, we're talking about fallen legends here, and I just can't help but bring up the New England Patriots and their fall from glory. Um, as we're recording this, it is 7-3 New, uh, New England over the Jets right now. Um, the Jets are playing with Joe Flacco at quarterback. Uh, Sam Darnold is out today. Now, the Patriots do have a lot of – a lot, a lot. When I say a lot, I'm not going to read the list. It's like seven or eight kids, seven or eight guys a lot out today, um, in, including Stephon Gilmore. But they're playing the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Who are o Which means the Jets with Joe Flacco. And I know Joe Flacco is good, but like hey. he's not even the starting quarterback there. And Frank Gore. Yeah, they're, they're, they're literally playing a retirement home. They oh golly, they, they're they're playing they're playing they're playing a retirement home rec league. They team. really are, and and no. it's seven to three right now. And the Jets are driving again as we speak. So like my my thing is like where has it gone wrong for the Patriots this year? Is it to to you? Is it the guys who opted out due to COVID? Is it quarterback, or is it weapons at wide receiver? Um, I would probably have to say. The guys that opted out, because the guys that opted out are mainly on the defensive side, and as as we've seen with like teams like Chicago, like a de- the, the defense can keep you in a game. Obviously, you still need the offense to produce, and Cam hasn't done that since coming back from having COVID or getting tested positive. I don't know if he actually had it or not. That's a whole nother topic, but yeah. um, he hasn't played right. Now, I will say this, though. Yes, Tom Brady is gone. This is Bill Belichick's first season without him since he's had him on his team. The last time he had him on his team was the was basically, I'm pretty sure, the year before Tom Brady was drafted. And he went 5-12. and 12. That was his first year. His first year as New England coach, he had a losing record. And then what came? The saving grace that is Tom Brady. I mean, I do think it's very interesting that everyone, like, during the offseason, like, I would say majority, above, way above 50% of people were saying that Bill Belichick would be better without Brady than Brady would be without Belichick. When in reality, like you do have that one season now, you know, you always want to give a coach at least one to two seasons to re, you know, redo the, the, uh, the team and the roster, how he wants yep. it and, and to set his, like his culture in the locker room, um, you know, which Bill has his own culture and always has, um, he has his own way of doing things. But when you're talking about Brady, like there, there was years where Brady didn't have a weapon. Now I get they they brought in some random weapons, superstars here and there to fill in at wide receiver, but most of the time it was in their older years. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, it was yeah. when not when they were washed up, but when they were toward the end of their careers. The only consistent weapon he's had was Gronk. Yeah, and could Gronk you, was always injured. Could you imagine a prime time Randy Moss with Tom oh, Brady? 
Uh, it's just it. That's what like, I'm saying. Like they set, so they like, set the touchdown record when so, Randy Moss was, I think, the year before he retired. Yeah. Like, uh, hello. <laughs> yeah. So so like my thing is is like you gave Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, and Rob Gronkowski as his weapons, and he goes out and wins a Super Bowl. Yeah. But then like you look at Aaron Rodgers, and I know he doesn't have the greatest weapons. But like he, he does have weapons, like he does have good pieces, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Well, if they don't win, it's because they drafted uh, a QB instead of drafting a wide receiver in the first round for Rodgers." Like yeah, Tom Brady but, did it. Yeah, but I mean, Devontae Adams, if you look at fantasy wise, is a top five wide receiver in the league, healthy. Devontae Adams, yeah. he's most he's going to most teams first round, maybe second round, depending on what type of people. Draft in your league, yeah. that, you know. If you have those people that draft quarterbacks first round, then they're just stupid. <laughs> yeah, leave that league. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. my thing though. Like, I feel like there's a different standard for Tom Brady, and it's the same way when you talk about basketball and LeBron James and and Michael Jordan. Like, there's a different standard. Like, okay, Michael Jordan lost in the first round, the second round when he was young. A lot of people do, and no one focuses on it. But it's Michael Jordan, so you're going to focus on it. Yeah, like. I mean, we, how, we talk about we talk about the greatness that is Kawhi Leonard and how great he is in the playoffs and stuff like that. But he's lost multiple times before the conference finals. But no one really talks about it until this year because it was a three-one choke. Because he's he not the goat, Paul George. Well, he's, he, yeah. well, because he's not the goat. When you're, you're right. the goat, you get scrutinized more than like the smallest little things. Oh yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan was going up against. Larry Legend, and what was the great, and I mean great Celtics, and the bad boys in the Pistons. Who, I say, and you had the who bad they, boys. Who well, had it's the, not just the that, Jordan though. Rules. Like, it's not just that. You you had Mark Jackson with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I mean, there, there was yeah. a lot more. There was a lot more. I yes. mean, that, that Seattle Supersonics team was not bad with Gary Payton and Sean Kemp and a lot of other people. I mean, oh, there, there were yeah. some – There was some. that Suns team with Charles Barkley played – wasn't bad. Yeah, I'm but talking like, about just before, because he's the goat. About he gets talked he, about more. Yeah, I'm talking about before he got to the finals, though. Yeah, but but yeah. you know, yes, yes. I said, yes, I, said yes. I said Mark. I think I said Mark Jackson of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. I meant Craig Elo. I apologize for that. Mark, Mark, Mark Jackson, Jackson played with the Pacers and the, the Knicks. But yeah, and sorry, I'm a basketball guy. My brain, my brain, kind of went okay. kind of <laughs> left me for a second. That's uh, okay. But Craig Elo, because yeah. everyone, everybody's been those. George to the left. The shot over Elo. It's good. Everybody remembers that. Okay. Exactly. Um, but, but yeah. So I mean, like when you're the goat, and we're going back to football now. When you're the goat, and you're talking about Tom Brady, he gets scrutinized for smaller things. Mm-hmm. Um, when Bill Belichick, like you're telling me, there hasn't been a game or two where it's his fault. You know what I'm saying? That that they lost when they were the Patriots, but I mean, no one talks about it. It's always yeah. Tom Brady's fault yeah, because I, he's the goat, not exactly. Bill. I mean, it always comes down to realistically at the same time, like play call. Play calling yeah. does is a factor, yeah. as a, as, and if you're the head coach, like like you said, and and my and my thing with Bill this year is like he's getting a pass because like okay, well they took a shot on Cam Newton and he's had COVID and been fully healthy, and then you had all these guys opt out. Like they're still giving this guy a pass. Like and let's let's establish this: he is a top three coach in the NFL all time. Like he is that. You can't just have Tom Brady and go win championships. I realize that. But, like, stop giving him a pass this year just because of COVID and Cam Newton. Everybody's had to deal with COVID. Everybody's had people right. sit out. Like, exactly. they're bad. They're a bad football team this year. Yeah. 
I I wouldn't say top. I'd say top five, but e- either way, he, it's, that's it's whoever picks it. It's whoever yeah. picks it because exactly. our top three coaches in the NBA would be completely different as well. So it's, just, it's whoever's looking. He's exactly. a top three coach in the NFL for me. Yeah, and and like like also like look at Tom Brady Sunday night against the Saints. Uh, that was atrocious. Yeah. Like so, like you said, like. But but it, but and that's what I'm saying. So like again, like, like they're saying they're they're looking at it more of a hey, was this Tom Brady's fault as to why they did not play well? Like, is it Tom that didn't play well? I mean, and versus like, like you said, they're not looking at Bill Belichick and saying, um, what are you when, doing here, dude? Like, when when the Patriots lost to Denver, okay, no no one looked and thought, oh, Bill Belichick coached a bad game. You're right. You're See right. what I'm saying? And yes. when they got blown out by San Francisco, no one said bad game by Billy Belichick. Everybody's like, "Oh, Cam Newton, Cam Newton again." Yeah. So like my exactly. thing is like at, at some point, and, and I'm always like, you know, give the coach their due. It's not always their fault. Like some coaches get fired too early, especially in the NBA. Some coaches get yes. fired way too early. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but like at some point, it is the coach. That's all I was saying. Like with the Pelicans this offseason and firing and and firing. Um, oh my goodness. Was Alvin Gentry? Alvin Gentry, there you go. With firing Alvin Gentry, at some point it was the coach when mm-hmm. they couldn't put it together with AD there and Rajon Rondo when they upset the Trailblazers. And that's what I'm saying. When they yeah. could, when he couldn't put it together with that team, it was the coach. It's like you got to move on from it. Exactly. And, and so, like yeah. at some point, it is the coach. And so, like then you, but like no, I don't think. I, I do think that the Buccaneers game against the Saints had a lot to do with Tom Brady's three interceptions. But their defense was getting ran through. Yeah, I was, I was, I was watching some of that game, and you know, like obviously, our listeners, listeners, know, listeners. Sorry, I cannot talk tonight. Listeners, know, and you know, I'm a Nebraska fan, and Levante David is a Nebraska guy, and they were showing some some clips last night where he was trying to make some signal calls, trying to get guys to come out and cover, and he, he just looked confused. I'm like. So they were even saying, "What is going on with the defense as a whole?" Not it wasn't a, like one this was say one player or anything. It was something was wrong with that defense because that is a good defense. Realistically, like if you if you break it down, Tampa has a good defense, and so yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and and but, one one other thing that I'm going to touch on with New England is Cam Newton is a former MVP, like. It's not like you're yeah. getting trash. You are getting a former MVP. Yeah. It's like it's like even when so like to give a basketball example for me, it's like even when the Denver Nuggets who had Melo and Chauncey Billups, mm-hmm. when they got Allen Iverson, like I get he was older, but it's a former MVP on a on an NBA basketball team. They should have been better. They should have got out of the West. Yes. So like you underperformed. I don't care that Allen Iverson was old. I don't care that Chauncey was older. You they, had a former MVP, they bring the MVP candidate in Melo. And Mr. Big Shot and Chauncey Billups with Jr. Kenyon Martin, Chris Anderson. Exactly. I can go down the list and listen list. So like, they when you get a former that, MVP, like. there are standards that have to be met, and right now the Patriots aren't meeting them. But right. from one fall from grace to one team lifting to the football grace, the Miami Dolphins this year, man, five Dude. and three. Yeah, and you know a lot of people were scrutinizing them for making the move to Tua, but. Realistically, it it, it it was time, and he proved it this week. Now, last week was his 
last week was his uh, first start, and he he didn't look quite comfortable. He had to adjust to the pace of NFL compared to well, college. Yeah. And obviously, obviously, everybody's got to do that. You're not going to come out and just be a, a a goat right off the bat. But you know, he went out there against a good um, Arizona team and played well. He's making good reads, quick progression, going through his progressions, zipping the ball, making good decisions on his running. He does have to. He does have to learn how to slide. That is one thing that he's got to learn. Yeah. But yeah. but he looks good, and that defense is playing playing up to par, and if he continues with the way that he's playing, um, I see them as a wildcard team in the AFC, maybe squeaking by with one or two wins. Yeah. Um, they're not going to go deep. Just, they're not going to go far, but they're going to they're gonna challenge Buffalo, I think, because um, Buffalo has had some troubles. They'll challenge Buffalo for the division because, as you and I both know, the Jets and the Patriots are not coming out of the division anymore. No, no. Um, and I don't, then, I don't think yeah. they'll challenge Buffalo for the division. I think the, I'm, I agree with you. They, they, they might run the table to get a wild card, but I think Buffalo, especially after that win over Seattle, they kind of catapulted themselves to a different level in that division. I, they're not, I don't think they're getting touched in that division this year. I don't know. Considering they got beat pretty bad by Tennessee, and then they challenged Kansas City, but they lost to Kansas City. Um, they've also struggled with the Jets twice, yeah. and the Patriots. They they struggled against Patriots now, and they they've played the Dolphins once this year, second game of the season. They only beat the Dolphins by three points. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It I I. I get what you're saying there. Um, when you look at the record, it's seven and two versus five and three. Um, thing is, Miami wins two games and Buffalo loses two, and you've got a you've got a division change right there. I mean, yeah. so it's it's going to be interesting because I don't know if Miami plays Pittsburgh. Um, actually, as I'm looking at their schedule, they do not have to play Pittsburgh, and Buffalo does have to play Pittsburgh. Um, which will be interesting. Miami still has to play Denver, the Chargers. They have to play the Jets again, Cincinnati, Chiefs, Patriots, Raiders, and they end the season with the Bills. I'm looking at this at this schedule, and out of the remaining eight games, I honestly see them going six and two. Okay, which that's an eleven and five record. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I see him. I see him about. I, in my opinion, maybe ten and six, maybe nine and seven. I don't. I don't <laughs> see them eleven and five. Yeah, but that's just me. Yeah, and I mean Buffalo has to do. They have to go visit um, the Cardinals, play the Chargers, visit the Forty ers who aren't anything anymore without Garoppolo and yeah. their running backs. Play the Steelers. Yeah. Play the Broncos play the Patriots and the Dolphins. So, I mean, just like – If if Buffalo doesn't win 11 games, someone needs to be fired. Uh, I don't if, know. If Buffalo, if Buffalo doesn't win 11 games, someone needs to be fired. I mean, they've got to win four out of their next uh, next seven. Yeah. If Buffalo doesn't win 11 games, someone needs to get fired. Let's see. You, One, can't, you two, can't take three. Seattle – who was eight and zero in their last eight games playing on the East Coast, and beat them, 
after they just come off of, uh, come off you know uh, a loss. That's true. And, yeah. and so like they were ready to play. You you if you beat them by ten, and you go and you lose to San Fran or you lose the Chargers or you lose to Miami. Yeah. If if they get their if they get their four wins, I I see it against the Chargers, the 49ers, the Broncos, and the Patriots. Uh, yeah. If for or for. for I would say ninety percent chance win on all four of those games. Um, I would, so they've got seven games left. I would say they win five out of yeah. seven games. So you're saying probably lose to Steelers and yeah. Dolphins. Yeah, maybe they maybe they flop on with the Dolphins. I definitely see them losing to Steelers. I think the Steelers are legit. And or they may they may instead of the Dolphins lose to the Dolphins lose to the Cardinals. I don't know. Got a good that offense. could be a flip. That that could be a flip. That could be a flip game. Yeah. They mm-hmm. may if you know I could I could see them losing to the Cardinals, Dolphins, and Steelers. Do they lose to all three? I don't think so. They lose but if to it happens, three. It, 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 it's, it's gonna it's gonna be those three if they lose. Um, yeah, yeah, and I agree. Yeah. Which which means they're gonna get their four wins yep. at least. They could win another one. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, the Dolphins and Buffalo both end up at eleven and five. That'd be really. That would be. That'd be awesome. In a way, um, I'm not ready to commit to the Dolphins like that. I'm not, I, I'm, I I'm not necessarily either, but just looking at their schedule, it's it's favorable for them um, to to do well, um, just because of you know Jets, Bengals, Patriots. That's three wins right there. Mm-hmm. Broncos is probably a win. They may struggle against Chargers. Chief, uh, they're gonna struggle with the Chiefs and Bills and the Raiders. So I mean, like you said, I think ten and six is a good upside for for Miami. Yep. Get a wild card, and they'll be looking good. Yeah. Well, speaking of unfavorable schedules, we're gonna flip the college football here. Um, just imagine being Clemson, mm. and one of the games Trevor Lawrence misses due to COVID is against number four Notre Dame. Dude, you know what? You know what's got to be hurtful for him is that he was allowed to be on the sideline wearing a mask, but couldn't, couldn't play. play. Like he yeah, had his jersey and not not pads on, obviously. But like, that's got to be tough. Like you're you're there. That, that like, was that was interesting choice for me. Like you're telling me he can be on the sidelines, but he can't play. Yeah. So like, I think he tested negative within yeah. the amount of like like soon like it wasn't soon enough for him to be able to play. Because of practice, I get it. Okay. Well, not necessarily practice. Because if if uh, if DJ goes down, you could just put Trevor Lawrence in as the backup. But he wasn't even suited up. He all he had was jersey and sweats on. Yeah. See, um, see I don't get that. Yeah. And so I guess I guess it's more of a it's a it's a big game. So they wanted to have him there for it to provide potentially leadership to DJ. Um, Maybe, but like you said, it, it kind of doesn't make sense. But can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you say DJ's last name? Uh, yeah. DJ Ugalili. I was going to say Ugalili, like ukulele. Yeah. But. Ugo. Ugalili. It's, it's like, like when I, Jonathan. I, it's like when Giannis Antetokounmpo first came to the league, mm-hmm. everybody was like, Antetokounmpo. 
Like, what's so interesting is like I listen to like I watch I watch this game. I listen to the yeah. say his last name over and over, and I'm looking at it now. I'm like, crap, how they pronounce it? Oh yeah, well, you're just looking at this like, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, I mean, it it was a good game. Now Notre Dame, you know, releases the letter to their students today talking about how they rushed the field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me and you have talked about it. I thought it was very interesting how there was nothing separating them in the field. Like, no. we're in a quote-unquote pandemic, global pandemic. Oh, yeah. And there was nothing separating those fans from charging onto that field. Uh, it was – yeah, no one tried to stop them, anything. Yeah. And realistically, if you – I know, I know you were busy that night, and so you you were only. I, I got to catch it. I got to catch yeah. overtime. I caught. But, I caught the. I caught Clemson's last drive. But if you if you looked at for anyone listening, if you watched that game, if you looked at the state the the stadium, the quote unquote student section was not social distance at all. But like no, that, it like, wasn't social distance. Like, and my thing is, yeah. is like I I do believe there was twenty five percent capacity in the stadium, right? But people didn't stay in their seats where like they were assigned. Like everyone right. moved down to one section. Yeah. They it was basically they were they figured out which end they needed to be on for when Clemson was uh, gonna be like in the fourth and they were there. And yeah. the thing is like with the SEC, at least from what I know from the SEC, is like you have your your um your seats and you stay there like there is a quote unquote student section but it is socially distanced like yep and so I'm uh, in my mind I'm like what's going on here college football like the the NFL the MLB the NBA the NHL all have their protocols for league wide so well, the the big thing with Notre Dame Stadium is that. The bottom, I guess you would say, the bottom shelf area. Yeah, it, it's not, it's not separated. So I'm saying the bottom. So bowl. like, if I'm, if I'm at the back right corner of the end zone mm-hmm. on the away side, I can literally walk straight across the stands to the other end zone. Yeah, and so they, I, they had. I'm actually looking at the picture of the game right now. Mm-hmm. They had the stands separated when the game started. I'm I'm looking at a picture of fireworks going off and Notre Dame running onto the field. Clemson is walking out of their tunnel at, at the same time. And it is actually very separated. And then you can tell it's very – it may be less than 25%. I don't know. It looks very, like, shallow yeah. as far as people. Yeah. Um, But it is separated. But you can tell as that game went on, people started realizing there wasn't security separating, and they started working their way into the lower bowl – because if you watch, if you look at the picture, um, like when the game, like as soon as the game ended, Before there was like everyone, a crowd, yeah. Oh, a yeah. crowd of people in one area, yeah, it was like ready, ready yeah. to charge, ready to charge, um, the field. Yeah, it was, it was not good. Now, so I'm looking at on ESPN. Obviously, could be wrong, but from what it says, there was only 14 percent of capacity there. But realistically, no. I, yeah. Yeah. When you it, when you look at that aerial view of the field, eleven thousand people, or pretty close to eleven thousand, let's say nine thousand, right there on the field, that looks like a ton, and it is a ton, but there's no social distancing going on. I could care less if there's yeah. masks or not. There's, and that's, there's, and there's, I, and that's yeah. what I was saying. I'm looking at the stadium; it doesn't look twenty five percent. So I agree with the ESPN. It's not twenty five percent. I'm looking at the picture of like literally this game. Yeah. Um, 
And so, like, I could tell, but, like, and I agree, when you get everyone on the stadium crammed up, it looks like so many people. And it is compared to what rules and regulations are right now in life. And so I get each conference having their own regulations, but I think the NCAA needed to come out and say, this is at least what you have to have. Obviously, like, you know, it could be what the SEC has. And then, you know, the Big Ten is going to be like, oh, we're not going to let any fans in. Okay, well, that's your choice. But you could, you could have done 25. There, there is plastic or whatever barriers between, like, you and the register anywhere right now. Yeah. And the person working the register. So, like, why isn't there a barrier, uh, like, around the field? Here's, like there, there, yeah. there should be no chance for fans to jump that fence or jump that wall oh, and get on the field right now. The thing is, from I think what I saw is that there's technically stairs that come down that people were walking down. And here's my deal: is like there's security standing right there. They're not doing the dang thing. Yeah, but if you're one or two security guards, how are you going to stop that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, because a lot, yeah. a lot of them were just hopping the wall. Yeah. Like uh, I'm looking at the field. Yeah. No, I, the, I the wall, that. the wall is maybe six, seven feet yeah. from the ground. Yeah, no, I get that. And so realistically, um, I think everywhere should just put up a uh, hockey glass around. around that's on, yeah. That's on what the I'm saying. Plexiglass, whatever. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Now it, like watch, watching the, the, the Jets game tonight, you know, that, that lower section close, like right by the quote unquote, I guess you'd say wall fence is, Mm -hmm. um, is technically marked off with advertisements. So with, so they're all covered. So realistically the NCAA could do that to all their, for all their games because just mark off those bottom sections. So then nobody can get down to jump the fence. Yeah. But I mean, well, hey, yeah. the great thing is, is looking at a picture of the crowd. There's only about two people that have their mask pulled down. So shout out to Notre Dame for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna <laughs> I'm, be look, I'm looking at a picture of like of, of a girl. She's on someone's shoulders taking a selfie, and everyone <laughs> does have a mask on except one guy's got it pulled down below his face. Shout out to you, guy. You're the reason we still have to wear masks right there. Yeah, but it's gonna be it's gonna be funny. When I mean, I say it's gonna be funny. It, it's it's not. It's not gonna be funny when people get COVID. It's not gonna be. But it's funny. gonna be ironic. It's gonna be ironic. Thank you. It's gonna be ironic when we see new COVID numbers and yeah. Notre Dame campus has been shut down. It's gonna it's gonna be ironic when you when you get shot up to number two in the nation and you can't play football. Uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. But I mean, there there were some good games on Saturday, honestly. Um, I would say I would say there were a few that were worth mentioning. Yes, uh, there were some good games, but not all of them were. Oh yeah, no, not all. Of them, not all of them were were, were uh, worth mentioning. I like mean, BYU versus Boise State. As much as we love BYU, they blew them out fifty-one to seventeen. Well, seventeen. If you, there's not much to talk yeah, about. But there. if you and I remember correctly, the line on this was like sixteen or eighteen. And yeah, and, mean, I, and I said give BYU their respect. Yeah, but and they didn't give them it. Uh, one of the, so as exciting as the Clemson Notre Dame game was, um, let me direct your attention to Virginia for a second, because oh, God. Liberty and Virginia Tech was one of the most exciting football games I have watched all 
season. Now, here's the thing. I followed along with the game because they played the same time Nebraska did. I then turned their game on when the Nebraska game was over and caught the end of it. Mm-hmm. So let me let me break this down for you. It is, I believe, it is, yeah, it's 28-28. Okay. Liberty goes down, scores, 35-28. Virginia goes down, Virginia Tech goes down, scores. There's maybe, mm, I want to say 45 seconds to maybe a minute and a half left on the clock. So it's 35-35. All right. Liberty marches down, and they're facing a fourth down. Clock is stopped. They decide to bring out their field goal kicker. They have no timeouts. This kicker is going to go for a 59-yard field goal, and for anyone who's never tried to kick a football, if you're attempting a 59-yard field goal, you have got to push that ball quick and then get it elevated. You don't want to try and get too much air underneath it because you're going to come up short. You you got it. It's one of those where you you almost want to kick it low, kick it low and push it. Um. So anyway, there's uh, I'd say eight seconds left on yeah eight seconds left on the clock when they go to attempt this. All right, Virginia Tech's got mm-hmm. one timeout left, mind you. I'm watching this game and I think. As the ball is about to be, as the ball is snapped, I thought I heard a whistle. wasn't entirely sure. Liberty kicked the field goal and it was blocked. And Virginia Tech picks it up and runs it all the way back for a touchdown. But hold on, Virginia Tech called a timeout right before the snap and the touchdown was negated. How do you feel? How do you, how are you as a player that just returned to that looking at your coach saying, bruh, really? Really? Here's what, here's what happens. It's a tie ball game. And since there's a timeout called, there's eight seconds left on the clock. And Virginia Tech and not Virginia Tech, Liberty has is fourth down. So Virginia Tech goes into protect, uh, protect coverage, which is no Hail Marys. Virginia Tech lines up a guy who runs a quick seven and out to the sideline, gets a first down, goes out of bounds, and it from a it goes from a 59 yard field goal to a 50 yard field goal. Um, so guy got out of bounds, clock stops, Liberty kicks field goal. It's good. They win 38 35. Wow, is all I had to say at the end of that game. What a game. Like the final the final five minutes of that game were the most exciting moments of college football that I watched all day until we got to the Clemson Notre Dame game when we went into overtime. We should we should start another podcast where I just sit here and listen to you describe full games and every play in that game. Uh I think you would probably Without me knowing, technically leave the recording, and then I would jump back in. I would take my headset off, go get something to drink, and come back. Leave my headset off, mm-hmm. and then when I think you're about done, I'd be like, "Wow, that's amazing." No, let's be honest here. You take your headset off, get in your car, 
go see your parents, grab something to eat on the way back, and come back just in time to say, wow. That's wow. Crazy. That was amazing. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> that that was for, – for those people who didn't see the end of that game, go on ESPN and watch highlights. They will show you the end of that game. It was it, – I was like, you've got to be kidding me. For those of you who weren't thinking, oh, my gosh, Liberty and Virginia Tech's on, let me go watch it. Because I actually I – watched, I watched a good bit of the first half because I've been on Liberty bandwagon for about two weeks now. So – have you, or was it, or have you been on the bandwagon of somebody else in that conference? I mean, I've been on the bandwagon of somebody else in that conference, but I've been on Liberty bandwagon too, just because Emily has forced me to be on the uh, Emily was my friend who goes to Liberty. She has forced me to be on the bandwagon, right. um, but I have been on the bandwagon of another team in that conference who is still seven zero as well in Coastal Carolina. Again, this is one of the games where no one was watching. I don't care if you're on the bandwagon. They played South Alabama. They won 23 to six. It was a little breeze by game. Um, yeah. South Alabama literally scored two field goals. That's There's not much to talk about that one, but I'll tell you where there is stuff to talk about. And that was Florida versus Georgia, Florida, Georgia. That's always a good game. Not Florida, Georgia line, the TV show. We're talking Florida, Georgia football. And I believe it was played in Jacksonville. Yes. It, that game is annually played in Jacksonville. Dude, Kyle Trask, good lord, is back on the MVP hunt. Not MVP, Heisman, Heisman hunt. He's back on it. Put him back on the Heisman hunt. You're right. Here and he, the kid shows up. Yeah, thirty for forty-three, four hundred seventy-four yards and four touchdowns. Good lord, he just, he just shows up. There's nothing. He literally just shows up. Now, when you need Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask will be there. You're right. Now I get it. He threw forty-three passes compared to where. Uh, George's quarterbacks threw 29 combined between the both of them. So, like, yeah, Florida, but Florida's been more of an air raid offense all year. I mean, they've been, he's been letting it fly. Now, if I'm Georgia, you know what I'm doing in the, in the quote unquote offseason? I'm going and doing everything I can to get the number one rated high school quarterback because they need help at quarterback. I mean, help. I don't. I don't think losing by uh, losing by twenty. What is that? Ten. Uh, losing by sixteen. Losing by sixteen isn't all the quarterback. I think that's some of your defense. It I is. Mean, Florida put up twenty four points. It, in the it is quarter. some of their defense because um, I believe one guy was uh, got hurt and another one got disqualified for targeting. But yeah. here's that, my that just did, it didn't look like a normal Florida defense to me. Georgia, you know defense. what I'm saying? Yeah, Georgia DBI. Yeah, yes. it didn't look like a normal Georgia I'll, defense. I'll agree with you, but the thing is, Stetson Bennett the third looked awful. He actually got benched for a guy who was even worse than him, uh, in my opinion. Like, realistically, like, let's be honest. Like, yes, Jake Fromm has experience, whatnot, but Kyle Trask has experience. If Jake Fromm was playing in this game, I think this. is the score probably would have been 50s, 50s to 40s. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who wins, but 50s to 40s because Jake. Yeah. From, from helps in the field control, which helps her defense a little bit. But yeah, but, I think Florida still wins yeah. that. I just think Georgia, Georgia's not the same Georgia. No, they will. They're relying heavily, and I mean heavily, on the run. If you don't have any type of a passing game, then you. 
you're creating a struggle for your defense who they still do have a good defense, but you're struggling. You're creating a struggle for your defense because you're getting a lot of three and outs then, and your defense yep. is on the field a lot more. Yep. Well, going from a uh, great game for my sanity, you know, being, you know, watching a Florida go bit this year, going to a one that's not great for my sanity, uh, my Michigan Wolverines forgot how to play football again. Um, so shades, of the, shades of the, the pre-Jim Harbaugh era. Um but, what? I, I mean, I, I don't know what's wrong with this. I don't. I get our defense is struggling right now. I mean, I'm looking at a former five-star recruit in Daxon Hill who has five tackles on the day and Indiana threw 50 passes. So, so the the struggle, if, if, I, if I remember correctly from what I've heard, is Michigan likes to run the defense of we're going to do man coverage – on the outside, yeah. and we're we, gonna, we hate playing. We, we're not uh, our our defensive coordinator is not his own guy, mm-hmm. and it shows. And he's gonna say, "Hey, this is this is what we're gonna do. We are gonna challenge you to attack us, and if you beat us, well, you beat us." And that's what's happened the past two weeks to you guys, sadly. But what I want to know is, what are they feeding the guys down in Indiana? I don't know, but something's going down in Indiana between Indiana and Notre Dame. So, something football wise is going right in the state and of Indiana, not, it's, and it's not them charging. It's not them charging football fields. Yeah, there something is going crazy over there. Because realistically, if I were to look at the the records of the teams in the state of Indiana, I would think that they were basketball, that they were playing basketball. Because you got both yeah. Notre Dame and Indiana undefeated in football. Um, yeah. what? <laughs> now I will. I mean, I will say. Uh, for Michigan, Joe Milton, 344 yards, three touchdowns. Now here's the kicker, two interceptions. Uh, those are big when your defense isn't playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he went for negative nine rushing yards, which you love to see. Um, and he had a 10-yard rush. So that shows you how many times he got sacked when you have a 10-yard rush and you go for negative nine rushing yards. Yeah. And so I, it just I it wasn't that. a great day for Michigan football. I pro I think I remember watching I watched the first half and I think I watched like five or six minutes to the third and it's just we just look stagnant, man. It's just it it didn't look good. It, it, we we haven't looked good all year. Don't don't even talk to me about that. stagnant. We look we look good. We look good against Minnesota, but that's because Minnesota isn't the same Minnesota from last year. Um But, but yeah. don't man. As in Nebraska. Yeah, but I mean what what are what were y'all's expectations going into the year? See what I'm saying? Like- yeah, well, okay. I, I may have not had high expectations, but here, here's the thing. We had, I believe it was six or seven trips to the red zone on Saturday and only came away with points in two of those. Yeah. That's not good. It was either two or three red zone trips. That that's that, And when I say points, that means touchdown or field goal. That's not good. When you when you get down the to the red zone and you cannot score a thing, that is not good at all. On the bright side, Adrian Martinez ran for 102 yards. That's not good. Like honestly, I, I don't like that. Like because and here's here's my thing too. Luke McCaffrey saw no time until the final three series of the game, and he played. Yeah. Tremendously better than Adrian Martinez did. The 12 of 16, 93 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if Adrian Martinez. Mar- Martinez Martinez completed 12 passes the whole game. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, if I see Adrian Martinez playing at all this upcoming Saturday, it better be because Luke McCaffrey had to come out for a game because of a helmet coming off or something like that. He better not be starting because we will, my, we will lose. My favorite State. thing is is Adrian. Like, my, my, what is Scott Frost thinking here? Okay, look at the game film. Adrian Martinez. Now, I get it. He's more of a seasoned quarterback, but you don't need season. You need talent, and you need it now. Absolutely. Adrian Martinez plays the whole game. Twelve completions. 125 yards interception. He gets 13 carries for 102 yards. Okay. Mm-hmm. He looks great, right? Luke McCaffrey. Now, I don't know how many times he rushed, you know, before the, the first. I know they throw him in there sometimes. Eight carries, 49 yards. He completes 12 passes, 93 yards. All that just was like, in the final three series of the game. He didn't play until then. Like, they didn't, they didn't so, bring him in at tailback, nothing. It was in, all in like, three series passing wise. He did almost more than Mar- – he, he completed the same amount of passes, but almost threw for more than Martinez the whole game. And he rushed for a little bit more – or a little bit less than half of what Martinez rushed in the whole yeah, game. And he had, and and he had so, five less carries than Martinez. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Cra- it's crazy to me. Um, crazy. Yeah. And here – he this is the last thing I'm going to say about Nebraska this week before we go on to our games next week. We have a wide receiver that was the top wide receiver in JUCO that ended up transferring. The man is six foot four, has yet to catch a pass. I don't think he's been targeted at all in the two games that we played, and that's a big issue. Um, we're going to lose him to to transferring next year if if that continues, and I do not want to see that. I mean, we've got a six foot eight tight end, a six foot four tight end, a six foot four receiver. Um, come on. Why are we not scoring more than 13 points? Yeah. Well, with last week in the big games that there was last week, um, a lot of exciting games. I'm hoping that some of these games this week turn out to be more exciting than they look because on paper this week, um, our favorite our favorite uh, segment is going to be very easy because it's not a big week as far as games. You know, big teams are playing. A lot of top 10 teams are playing, yeah. but they're not playing anybody of, let's say, uh, there's no, value there's no notice. good, I guess we could say as far as good there's games, no good top like, 25 versus top 25 like, ooh, game. I won. Like, I do not want to miss this yeah. game. Like I didn't, I didn't want yeah. to miss the Clemson Notre Dame game. Obviously if something would have came up that I would have had to, I think that makes sense. But like if I was home which I was like to, to watch it, I wanted to make sure it was on like, there's no, there's none of that this week. In a normal year, Auburn versus LSU. I mean, not Alabama versus LSU. Like this is a big week in college football, no matter who else is playing. But this year, it's not a big year. Alabama. I'm not going to say how much Alabama is going to blow them out. Okay, uh, that 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 that'll, in jeopardy because is yeah. it COVID? Uh, L- wow. For LSU. LSU is has had some cases, so it might. They're they're chickening out. Don't even play. They're chickening I, out. I believe you, but you know what? Let's. Let's let's get started with some Friday night football, uh, so that we can get our spreading done a little early. You've got East Carolina going to Cincinnati, number seven. Cincinnati, number seven. I I, I, I keep. I'm gonna say it every week. I'm gonna stick with them until they fail me. So I'm sticking with them, and I'm taking them to cover. Oh yeah, give me give me Cincinnati by thirty. Like that's not even that's not even a factor. So. Miami has quietly snuck back into the top 10. 
Yeah. I thought they, I thought I they mean, had to lock. Barely stuck by barely stuck by NC State last NC State last yeah. week. Barely. I honestly thought that they had two losses, and so Miami's paying attention very closely to ACC games. ACC, mm-hmm. yeah. They, here's the thing: they lost to Clemson. So if Clemson loses another game, Miami could sneak into the ACC title game. That would be hilarious. Um, because right now they're the only other team in the ACC that has one loss. You got Notre Dame as number one, obviously being undefeated. Clemson number two, and then Miami number three because of that loss to Clemson. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing is that Miami isn't even favored in this game versus Virginia. You've got to be kidding me! That is crazy. Virginia Tech is a three and a half favorite or you two and a half what? favorite. Sorry, I get lib. They, they played Liberty last week. I get it. Liberty is ranked. Virginia Tech's offense was clicking uh, last week. Give me uh, give me Virginia Tech to, to cover. Virginia Tech by three. I'm going to take Miami by seven. Okay, that's respectable. I do not think that Virginia Tech's coach is going to pull the same mistake that he did against Liberty, against Miami. But um, – yeah, yeah. And I I don't I don't know I just don't see Miami losing this game. If they're gonna lose one, it's not gonna be this one. That's that's respectable. But so our next matchup would be normally a great basketball game. Like I would love to watch this as a basketball game. Um, I wouldn't hate this team. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it would be a good one. Like it'd be good. It would be, be a good game. Like as as a basketball fan, it'd be a good game. Um, here's what here's what I'm surprised about: Indiana is a top 10 team in something other than basketball. The last time we, the last time I spoke something like that, the team lost. Does Indiana go into East Lansing and beat Michigan state? Uh, Indiana has beaten Michigan state. Yes. Um, I know Michigan state bounced back versus Michigan two weeks ago. Um, You know, Indiana beat Michigan last week. So they've got a, they've got a quality win. Both teams do right there. I think Indiana is actually something to mess. It's like something to be um, focused on this year in football. I don't think it's a fluke when you I mean when you when you beat Penn State and Michigan in two out of three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's time to kind of focus on that. Yeah, um, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna take Indiana in, in this game, um, and hopefully they come out and they go pedal to the metal because. Next week after this game, they they have to go to the horseshoe and play Ohio State, and that will be that will be the true test of it. Indiana's. Yeah, I mean, in, Indiana's a seven and a half favorite. Give me Indiana by seven, so they're not going to yeah. cover. Um, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Indiana by ten. So, um, it's it, that will be very interesting for sure. Uh, yeah. now, yes, a game that everyone's focusing on. Coastal Carolina versus Troy. Can Coastal Carolina stay undefeated, move on to 8-0, 6-0 in the Sun Belt, and continue their ride to the Sun Belt Conference Championship against the Liberty uh, Flames? I got I to I pull a small correction because I made this mistake um, and led you astray. Liberty is technically an independent team. So Coastal Carolina – would not have to play them wow, in, a, in, a, in a in a championship game. They do they do play each other at the end of the season. They do play each other. That's all that matters. Give me. I, I want Coastal Carolina versus Liberty. They're both undefeated. Mm-hmm. Give me that. I'm going to keep picking Coastal Carolina. 
The line on this is 10. Give me Coastal Carolina by 14. Give me Coastal Carolina by 10 exactly over Troy. Is it going to – I actually think this this is – obviously when you look at the teams, you're like, who's going to watch this game? I think this is the best game of the day, Coastal Carolina against Troy. Oh, no, I think Indiana versus Michigan State's better. Oh, I guess we'll see. Uh, I, I guess I say that top 25. You know, you got you got two – uh, winless teams in the Big Ten playing each other yep. in Nebraska and Penn State. That'll be very interesting to see if Nebraska can can turn things around or not, and if Penn State can. But anyway, uh, how? Tell me this: How is Marshall ranked higher than Liberty? Liberty actually has quality wins. Now they haven't beaten anybody ranked, but they have quality wins. But you got Marsh number sixteen, Marshall hosting Middle Tennessee. Um, I mean, this is a really simple one. Give me Marshall. Give me Marshall to cover. I don't know what they're going to win by, but I mean, yeah. uh, Marshall's offense is legit. Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna go there right there with you. Um, give me Marshall to cover. Next, we've got we've got Liberty. Um, they're hosting uh, Western Carolina. There's there's not a line on this game. I don't know why, but um, give me Liberty. Could be in. Could be in jeopardy of COVID. Then uh, Western Carolina oh, hasn't hasn't played a game at all this season. They're 0-0. Uh, oh, wow. Give me Liberty covering whatever they end up coming with the line. Uh, Liberty's winning this game. I give me uh, thoughts on Liberty by seventy. Thoughts on Liberty by seventy. Liberty winning by a good forty. I'm gonna put it that way. Um, so <laughs> the team that you used to have a thing for the Raisin Cajuns. Cajuns are hosting <laughs> South Alabama. Is, is is South Alabama gonna like? Ever have a winning season? No, South Alabama is going to lose this game, drop to three and five. The Raging Cases are going to drop, are going to be back to seven and one, right back in the chase for that Sun Belt title. Um, give me the Raging Cajuns by uh, twenty-one. Weird number, right? Yeah, that is a weird number. I'm going to go Raging Cajuns by seventeen. We'll see. Yeah. Um. Notre Dame versus Boston College. You got the number two team in the nation versus Boston College, who did put up a fight with Clemson two weeks ago when Clemson was out without, without Trevor Lawrence. Uh, now, obviously, we just talked about this earlier. Notre Dame is going to be interesting to see if they do get to play. You know, if anybody tests positive with COVID after all them fans stormed. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting thing to keep up with during the week. The line on this is 13 and a half. I think Notre Dame handles this fairly easily. Um, now, I say easily. It's I think they win by 14. I think it's going to be very, very close, but you know, it's not going to be yeah. one of them games where they go OT or it's not a last second yeah, drive. For for me, Boston College, they did give Clemson a a decent game for a little bit there, but um, Clemson's quarterback was unpre- kind of un- coming into that game unprepared first half. Mm. Um, if you look at the second half, Boston College didn't score at all. Give me Notre Dame by twenty one. Um. Ohio State versus Maryland. This is three versus unranked again. Like I said, there wasn't many. I don't think there was any ranked versus ranked games this week. Uh, Maryland with Tua's brother has kind of, you know, been lightening up the Mm -hmm. last two weeks. Now, that's not to say they're anything for Ohio State, but I actually do do think I'm going to watch this game. I think it could be fairly entertaining. Um, That's not saying Maryland's going to go out there and make it a game, but I think they'll put up some touchdowns. I think. Uh, I think the Tugavaloa tradition family name is going to give Ohio State a little, a little bit of a, of a haunting. And this is the, 
Ohio State is going to win, but they are going to cover. Give me Ohio State only by 10. Um, I think this is going to be a close game in the first quarter. I think Tungavaloa is going to come out and throw a touchdown in the first quarter. Uh, but I'll take Ohio State by 23. All right, all right. Next, we've got the Texas A&M Aggies, who are number five, by the way. I See, I like their chances because, you know, they don't they don't have to play in the SEC championship game as of right now. So they can be that one weird team that just squeaks into the playoff. Um, they're, they're going and visiting Tennessee. Uh, Texas A&M is clicking on all cylinders. Tennessee still is not. Give me Texas A&M. There's not a cover on this game, but give me them to cover whatever it is. Remember when Tennessee was ranked? What a weird time that was. Uh, <laughs> give me Texas A&M by 17. Uh, yeah, I like that number. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Um, next, you've got USC going to Tucson, Arizona. Uh, the la- They played Arizona State last week, struggled. I was actually really hoping that Arizona State was going to pull that game out. Um, USC – Looked great in the last 90 seconds, scoring two touchdowns. Obviously, they had to get the onside kick. But um, I like this line. Give me USC by 14. Um, USC has a 7% chance to make the college football playoffs right now. So give me USC by 7. Ah, I, like, I, like, I like your number there. Um, like As you touched on earlier, um, Alabama LSU is normally a big game. But this year, things are weird. Um the line on this is 28 if this game does actually get played like because uh, they're th- thinking that it might not because of LSU. Um, give me Alabama by 35. Uh, it's a tough number to choose because it is Alabama versus LSU. Both teams are going to get up for this. I think LSU will get up for this game more than Alabama because Alabama LSU is not a threat this year. And I think LSU knows that. So they're coming in underdogs, you know, a little bit more hype for this game just to kind of give Alabama a contest and say they did compete because um, no LSU player in their right mind wants to go out and get blown out. They No one wants to be the team and get blown out by Alabama when you're an LSU player. Um, give me Alabama by 25. Okay, okay. You don't think they'll cover? I like it. I, I don't think so. I think LSU will if, – if it's played, I think LSU will get up for this game. Yeah. Um, like I said, now 25 still a right. big difference in football. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. Now, I could be clearly wrong. They could win by yeah. 50. So you've got Felipe Franks visiting his old team. Arkansas going to Gainesville to play the number six, Florida Gators. Uh, this is an interesting line, 17 and a half in favor of Florida. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of this game as far as picking mm-hmm. it because I've been on the Florida wagon this year just because of just Trask. I'm a big, I'm a big Kyle Trask yeah. guy. Um, but I'm not a Felipe Franks guy, but Arkansas has, has really impressed me this year. It's like we were talking about earlier at one point, they should have been three and one. Like they, they, you know, they, they maybe even four and oh, depending on, you know, how the rest of the game went, but they should have been three and one at, at one point. And, and I think they're a good team. I'm worried they're going to come up ready to play and Florida. Isn't after a big win versus Georgia. I think Florida still pulls it out, but I think they win by 10. Uh, give me Florida by 14. Still not going to cover, yeah. but still not yeah. going to cover. Yeah. Um, number eleven, Oregon against Washington State. Washington State is without Mike Leach this year. Um, this is a, like again another interesting line. Oregon only by nine. Like that's that's weird. Yeah, I'm going to take Oregon by double digits here, so they're going to cover. Um, 
I like that. Now, who did Washington State play last week? They played Oregon State. Um, yeah, I like that. Give me, give me, give me Oregon by ten. Can you can you say Washington State's quarterback name for me? Jaden Delora. What about their running back's name? Dion McIntosh. 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 I believe it's McIntosh. McIntosh. It's just yeah, spelled really McIntosh. weird. Yeah. Speaking of really weird, SMU versus Tulsa. Uh, Tulsa gave Oklahoma State a run for their money early in the year. SMU's offense has looked fairly well. I mean, you're talking about a quarterback that already has 2,500 uh, yeah. yards um, passing, 20 touchdowns. Uh, and, and you've also got a running back already at 774 yards rushing with 10 touchdowns. So their offense is ready mm-hmm. and, you know, very high-powered. Um, we'll see what their defense does. I mean, if you're talking about a Tulsa team that was scoring against Oklahoma's defense, it's going to be interesting to see what they do and versus I mean, SMU. Tulsa is favored by two and a half this game. I'll huge. still take SMU by touchdown. Um, just looking at it, SMU's played more games. So that as a team, they're more together. To me, yep. so I'm uh, I'm with you. Give me SMU. I'm gonna go SMU only by three. Yeah, don't be surprised if Tulsa defense slows down that SMU right. offense. So, um, next surprised. week, next uh, we've got of, your your big blue. Yeah. Um. Now Wisconsin's coming off a two week quote unquote bye, dealing with COVID. Yeah, we, I wish we would have went on a two week um, bye. Here's. Here's my thing. Um, the the Wisconsin quarterback is technically out for this game. He had to sit out 21 days. That's three. That's three weeks. So that's the Nebraska game, Purdue game, Michigan game. They don't really have a quarterback. So as much as Wisconsin is favored in this game, I like you guys in it. I like you guys at home beating Wisconsin. At night, give me Big Blue Michigan Wolverines by 10. So far, I'm 1-2 picking Michigan games this year, and I'm 1-2 because I've picked them all three times, and so I'm the record of the team. Um, I think we're going to lose this game uh, just because we're Michigan. Why wouldn't we lose this game? I want Joe Milton to keep going out and having a good, uh, having a good year. Uh, he hasn't had a bad one. I mean, you're talking three games. He's at 869 yards. It's not terrible, yeah. um, but it's not the best. That, mm-hmm. That's not the best either. Uh, I need more touchdown production from him. Now, whether that's him or our wide receivers, I think it's our wide receivers. I think Joe Milton's arm talent has shown that he's been putting the ball in the right places, albeit the two interceptions last week. Uh, give me Wisconsin. Uh, let's just say by a field goal. Um, I think it's going to be close. I, I want Michigan to win, and I think we can win. I just can't. I can't keep doing it, Jim. I, I can't keep doing it. I can't keep betting on us and yeah, crapping the bed. Um, I can I can understand that. It's it's definitely going to be it, it's going to be an interesting game to watch. Honestly, if if I'm gonna be honest, what's going to be speaking of speaking of crapping the bed? Uh, Adrian Martinez crapped the bed last week against Northwestern's defense. Um, but now this week, Northwestern goes up and plays. How is Northwest? I mean, I um, I get their three and zero, but Northwestern's ranked. Like, come on. Like, are you yeah. telling me if? I mean, obviously, if they would have beat Ohio State, but like, if if Nebraska would have beat Ohio State, not played Wisconsin, and then beat Northwestern, would Nebraska be ranked two and zero? I would hope so, dear lord. I, if you beat Ohio State, you should be ranked automatically. I don't care if you just sit out. True, for a true, week. true. Um, 
I got Northwestern in this game. I think it, it, Purdue's two and zero, but I think Nebraska is just as good, if not better, as a football program than yeah. Purdue uh, and team this year. Um, give me Northwestern yeah, by the, ten. Uh, watching watching that game, uh, Northwestern looked good in a way, but they they had their their struggles. They were without their top rusher against us. Um, I think he'll be back for this game. So give me Northwestern. I'm gonna go with you with ten by ten. Yeah. Now, what sucks is what could have been one of the more exciting games of the week of the week got postponed. The number twenty-four Auburn versus Mississippi State. Yeah, I would have loved to see Mike Leach's air raid offense versus Auburn's oh, front line. That would have been spin. interesting. Um, um, but, but sadly, yeah. we will not get to see that. One thing we will get to see soon, though, is some college Dude, basketball. I am ready for some college basketball. And what made me think of this is I got a notification today on my phone with a preseason ranking of college basketball. And I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Bring it. Bring me some college basketball. Um, what are you liking this season and what, and what you see? So starting off my Wolverines, I think it's funny how SI had us ranked at 25. And I think the reason why we're ranked 25 is because not a lot of people know what to expect. We have a lot of transfers. We have a good many freshmen, uh, mainly four-star freshmen, of course, if you know me, then you've heard our, then you've heard me talk about our struggles with losing two top five recruits, one to Arizona State and one to the NBA G League. Um, so I think we're going to be an interesting team. I think that's why they got us ranked at 25, not because of they expect us to be a top 25 team, just because of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Now, I think there's a lot of unknown in this basketball season because of COVID and um, not with it being shortened, but just because like how the schedule is going to work out and stuff like that and how tournament time may be played depending on, you know, if COVID is still hanging right. around then. Um, one team that I do love is Baylor. And I realize it's easy to say, well, they're ranked top five. Of course you love them. Um, I have, I have a defense that I've always wanted to put in at, at my high school that it's just like, I think it's too advanced. Um, and it's what Baylor and Texas tech run. And it's a no middle defense. And it is different than anything else in college basketball right. because of how they zone off on the backside on their skips and rotate. And I would say 75% of the time, in games, they switch one through five. They do have the occasion where they have a five that can't switch one mm-hmm. through five, and they will switch one through four. But the way they rotate defensively is beautiful basketball. If their offense is anywhere on the caliber it was two to three years ago, then watch out for Baylor basketball this year. So what's interesting looking looking at these uh, preseason rankings is you've got both Illinois and Iowa in the top ten, and those are two teams mm-hmm. that you don't really see in the top yeah. ten much Versus like you've got a Duke and a Kentucky both on the on the low end of the top ten. And as you and I both know, our our boy JT is high on Kentucky after they got they got word well, that all their all their players are gonna be playing this year. Well well what you're seeing with Iowa and Illinois is, is no different than what you're seeing with Baylor. I get Baylor is more consistently in the top twenty five, but it's when you get a good group of freshmen in that aren't highly touted. You know mm-hmm. that I'm saying that that are you know a way above average high school players, three star, four stars, and they stay at the program. And now the program has them and some decent freshmen. They rank them higher off potential. The reason you're seeing Duke and Kentucky at nine and ten is because they've had so many moving parts go to the NBA, transfer, um, come in right. as freshmen that you don't know what to expect out of those teams. You just know they're going to be a good basketball team. They're going to be a well above average basketball team. With Iowa and Illinois, we've seen their players in, in, in college basketball longer. So that's why you're seeing okay. them ranked higher. 
As far as Kentucky goes, though, I, I wouldn't be surprised this year if they do bring home the championship just because of the raw talent and transfers yeah. they got in. Um, you know what you're thinking? You're just riding with Kentucky because of your friend. I refused the past couple of years to even acknowledge Kentucky as a basketball team with JT just because I knew they weren't, they weren't ready. They could really be something yeah. serious this year. I think the guys they've brought, they've brought in kind of complement each other very well. Um, I don't think the same with Duke. I don't think Duke is going to be mm-hmm. all that this year. I think Kentucky ends up three or four spots higher than Duke in the final season right. of the rankings. Um, so uh, a team that that I pay attention to a little bit um, that will be interesting to see how they play and finish this year is um, is Creighton, ranked right behind Kentucky at 11. Yeah, and again, this is another one of the cases of the Iowa-Illinois-Baylor thing where it's just like, okay, your guys have grown up. They've shown, here's your ranking. You've got a decent freshman class come in, um, and which they did. Um, And they've got a good coach as well. Um, One thing I'm particular about is Virginia's back in the top five ranking preseason after, you know, they won and then had the year they had last year before COVID shut it down, which was very lackluster. Um, so I, I'm interested to see how they'll bounce back from winning, going to a lackluster team, and now they're and now they're yeah. back. Um, I get they're not a Kentucky, they're not mm-hmm. a Duke, so they're not going to be in that top ten every year. But I do think it's interesting how fast they have bounced back from not being a, a, a I would say a top forty team last year. I mean, and that that's saying a lot, honestly. But um, so looking at this um, this preseason ranking here that that we've got, um, obviously you know Gonzaga number one, Michigan and Rutgers down at the bottom with Ohio State down there. Give me, give me, uh, let's see, give me two teams that you'd expect in this ranking to most likely be in the Final Four, and then give me two dark horses, whether they're in this the top twenty five ranking or outside the top twenty five ranking. That you could see. So, two two teams that I think you can put in the final mm-hmm. four. Um, as much as I love Baylor, as much as I just talked about Baylor, I'm going to take Gonzaga and Kentucky just because of consistency and where they are every year. Now, you know, if I had to pick a third, I would say Baylor, and then fill in the fourth spot with whatever team out of Duke, uh, Virginia, Wisconsin, and uh, to me, Michigan State. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. plays the best um that's not that's not a sleight of hand that's not a a slight whatever to uh, villanova i think they're a great program i don't think they are a final I don't think four they're teams consistent this year, team in my opinion. when it comes to tournament time regular season's a little different and as you and i both know tournament time yeah. any anything can happen um yeah, yeah. And i just think i think gonzaga and, and, and mark like he's very consistent in his coaching i get they got upset two years ago uh, when they should have been in the final four, but it's, it, I think he's, I, I mean, he's top three right now in, in college mm-hmm. basketball. So I think he'll get there. And like I said, I think Kentucky's got the pieces that um, uh, complement each other this year to get there. Uh, dark horse, as far as like anybody in the top 25 or, right now. Or outside. Um, or outside I would, top 25. Um, no, I wouldn't go outside of this top 25. They've got it very well. Uh, man, don't be surprised. 
if West Virginia makes it to the Final Four. Um, when I say don't be surprised, I would still be surprised. But like at the same time, like I wouldn't be sitting here like, oh my God, how do they make it? If Arizona State with with Josh Christopher and, and that freshman class they have and his brother there, if they make it, I'd be like, wow, you know, um, oh my goodness. Duke's old point guard is coaching there now. Um, um Christian Lakers point guard. Where at? Oh my goodness. Arizona, at Arizona State. State. Um, um I can't remember his name. Wow, I'm, I'm sad. I actually really enjoy watching him coach. <laughs> um, but anyways, he done a he done a great job um, last year with Arizona State, even though they didn't have the pieces to be a top twenty five team. Um, but this year, when you add Josh Christopher to that team, I think they're ready to compete in the in the uh, um, in the Pac twelve. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, just just kind of see see how things play out, honestly. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be a very um, interesting year in college basketball due to COVID. And let's see how many teams, because in football, you miss two weeks, you miss two games in college basketball. There's no telling. How, it depends what your schedule looks like as far as how many oh, yeah. games you miss. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting year, man. Also, um, by the way, the name that you're looking for was Bobby Hurley. Bob Hurley, yeah, Bobby Hurley, yeah. I, I, I literally, I kept saying Curly in my in my head, and I'm like, it's not Curly. This isn't the, the, hey, this isn't the Harlem Globetrotters we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, Bobby Hurley, yeah. Um, I, I do enjoy watching him coach. I've enjoyed watching him coach for a while. Um, I actually, I actually enjoy watching his brother coach as well. Yeah. Um, I think they're, I think they're both really good coaches. Um. But yeah, th- don't be surprised if if Arizona State makes a noise in tournament with their highly touted freshman class and and their returning pieces. Um, right. I hope my Wolverines make it tournament time. I believe they will. My guess this year as as a eight or lower seed, um, I think we can make it out of the first weekend. But I don't think we're going further than that. I don't think we have the the star power to make it that far in tournament. Um, I think you guys are going to look really good next year. Uh, you guys got a good recruiting class coming in. I mean, yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. When you, yeah. when we're looking at 2021, 2022, uh, right now we're the number one recruiting class I mean, in the nation, yeah. which is what you, which is what you bring in Juwan Howard for. You brought him in. You knew he was a good coach. Um, and in college basketball, you don't always have to have the best coach to compete for your conference title. Now for championships. Yeah. You better have a top five, yeah. top 10 coach. Um, but for conference titles, you need a good coach that knows what he's doing, that can um, establish a winning, um, winning mindset, a winning mindset, uh, yeah. I was trying to, culture, like establish a winning culture, but has the name to oh, yeah. bring in the big names. And that's what Jawan Howard is for us in Michigan. He like, I mean, he, you, you notice power forwards have wanted to play for him. Centers have wanted like forwards and centers have wanted to play for him because he has a proven track record of as a player in college and NBA yeah. and as a coach and make it and getting the best. Yeah. I out mean, of those y'all, players. y'all just landed a, your second top 10 recruit. Like yep. Bravo. All I got to yep. say is Bravo. Yeah. IGM. Mm-hmm. IG yeah, he's from good. IGM. I can't <laughs> say his name. That would be one of the ones where I'm like, uh, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's from IGM, which is down in Florida. He's going to be a big mm-hmm. contribution. I think he's about six, nine, six, ten, stretches the floor well as a forward. Yeah, very athletic. So um, I'll, I'll I'll look forward to watching yeah. Michigan basketball in two years. 
Well, one thing I look forward to in about a week or two is November 18th, the NBA draft. Um, and this, you know, college guys going up and foreign guys uh, moving into the NBA. What are what are you, what are your thoughts on the first three? How do they shake up? First, first three, three picks. picks uh, I mean, <laughs> here, here's here's what's so funny is that we we got a text from from our boy JT, and all he said was, "It cracks me up every time Jackson tries to talk basketball." <laughs> and so I'm sitting here like, uh, "You really want me to to tell you about?" how I think the first three are going to go. So what I think is going to happen is I think you're going to see LaMelo go number one. Um, and then, uh, crap, what's his name? You and I were talking about it last week, obviously. Anthony Edwards. James, James Wiseman is going to go number two to Golden mm-hmm. State. And then I think Anthony Edwards goes number three to to Charlotte. Um, like Obviously, Anthony Edwards is a great player. But Golden State's not going to trade to get him. Like, going to let somebody go in and get him yeah. because they still want James Wiseman. Like, they're not going to take Anthony Edwards. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe drops to number five. I don't think he would mm-hmm. um, because he's he's either going to Charlotte or he's going to go number five to Cleveland. Um, dep- now, obviously, he he could go number one to to Minnesota, but um, from what I've seen, Lamelo's more likely to, to go number one um, now. Um, and if if that's the if that does happen, Edwards drops to three or five because he's well. Here, let me put it this way: if he goes number four to Chicago, um, Caleb, I'm I'm going to become a Clippers fan and hope you can ed- educate and educate me on uh, it, please. <laughs> um. So I don't want to get stuck too much on the on the three because I you know I'm a very in depth NBA guys right. and, and so I want to get into who I think is the sleepers and who you should really be paying attention to if you're not a team in the top three and if your team picks them be like wow we did good in this draft um, so Lamelo is either going to go number one or he's going to drop out of the top three if he doesn't go number one he's not getting drafted in top three he may drop out of the top four or five I don't think Chicago reaches on him I think it goes past that. Um, I think Anthony Edwards is going to go three to four range unless someone picks him at one. I think if Golden State keeps their pick, they're picking Wiseman, and they have no reason not to. Um, they have Steph. They have Clay. I don't know what they're going to do with Wiggins and Draymond. I think Draymond is still good to go as a number three to four option in the NBA running for a championship as long as you put athleticism at the five and your three can space the floor. And I don't know if Wiggins can do that for golden state. So I think they have to trade Wiggins and maybe a second rounder and get some more floor spacing in there. Um, now from there names to watch, and I'm going to butcher this name. So just stick with me on Yeke. Ugaku. All right. And I was just thinking foreign guy, right? No, he played at Chino Hills in California. He played for the big baller brand. He played for Vegas elite. Uh, he played for big baller brand and Compton magic and AAU. Um, if you're wondering why does that name sound familiar or why does Chino Hill sound familiar is because he is in the shot or was in the shadows of the ball brothers for so many years when they made that perfect run to the state championship. When Lonzo was a senior, he was a freshman. Um, now he went to USC. He's become his own player. He is a force on the offensive end. Now a uh, very raw talent, six, nine, they have him at a center. So I'm assuming like a Tristan Thompson, 
uh, very mm-hmm. mobile center, um, very strong, uh, very vertical. So like when it, like second jump, he's one of those centers that gets off the ground quick, even at six nine. Um, he's very sorry, I had a cough. He's very fit for today's NBA in size and how he plays. Decent mid range, not a stretch the floor guy, but he's just a high motor guy. Now, my favorite pick in the draft, and so if my Clippers weren't where we are and we're picking and we don't have a top five pick, and I'm looking at, okay, I need we need a flashy pick that could turn into something great, I'm looking no, lo- no further than Iowa State's Tyrese Halliburton. It's a 6'5", 175-pound point guard. He's ranked the second point guard after LaMelo. Um, when you're talking ball handling and playmaking, there's not – a better player in the draft after LaMelo. Now I think Tyrese Halliburton has less of a, I guess you could say flipper flop. Like he has less bust than LaMelo. I think he is going to be a good player in the NBA. He has the chance to be a great player, but either way we're talking Sean Livingston or above level of play. Yeah. He he has very good upsides and not as Mm -hmm. much bust um in there uh, i mean it, at the worst with tyrese halliburton you're getting a very good ball handler for like let's say you have a superstar let's say you're the Suns, okay and you have the book let's say you're um i'm trying to think of a random team let's say you're the heat and you have jimmy butler whatever i know those teams aren't getting this pick um i'm trying to think of a random team uh let's say you're toronto okay and you want to trade up i don't know and you have a ball handler you have a superstar and Siakam, and you just need a secondary player, this can be your guy. He can be a secondary ball handler or the main ball handler, and he'll be a great 3 and D guy. His shot is good, good wingspan. I just think you can't go wrong with this pick. This is the safe pick in the draft. Now, the not-so-safe pick where it's just like, okay, now we're kind of getting into is it worth it, you know, can he be, and this guy has a lot of bust Mm -hmm. Uh, potential for me is uh, Auburn's Isaac Okoro. All right. Uh, ranked number two at small forward. He's 6'6". Six, six. He has the ideal physical makeup of a player for the NBA. Um, now, his offense needs to go well beyond where it is. Uh, he's a top 10 pick for his defense. He's a top 10 pick for his versatility. But if his offense finds itself... I think you could be talking a Jimmy Butler type player gets drafted in the, in the, in the lottery because of his upside defensively in his body. But if it, now if his, now if his offense never finds itself, you're looking, you're looking at a kind of like a Trevor Ariza guy, great defense. Maybe his three point shot finds itself, but, but right now his offense is well behind his defense. Um, And and so it's an iffy pick. You're, you're going to get a great defender. He's going to be a great defender. Um, I would say his floor is Andre Robinson, and his ceiling is Jimmy one, Butler. One thing. So you're, you're either going to get a great defender, great defender who yeah. can't score to save his life, or you can get a perennial all I would say all-star. one thing that he needs to improve on is his free throw shooting, 6 7%. Yeah. If, 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 if you're going to be a lottery no, pick no. that's not a, I guess you'd say, a center, you need to be shooting better than 6 7% from the line. Yeah. No, no. One one person people have forgotten about because of injuries with college with him in college basketball last year. It was Cole Anthony for North Carolina. 
You're talking about a top five player coming out of high school. He goes to North Carolina. He starts off, I think he went for 30 in his first game. And I can't remember what he went for the second game, but he averaged like 26 in his first three or four games. He got injured. And then the season got cut short. Um, you're talking about excitement, explosiveness, um, just overall like eye, like eye candy as a basketball player. Cole Anthony's got it at 6'3", athletic. He is an aggressive mm-hmm. player. I mean, when he gets downhill, he gets downhill. He can find his teammates. They've got him ranked fifth at the point guard position, and I think that is very disrespectful. To have him behind R.J. Hampton is and, and, and Killian Hayes in this draft at point guard is very disrespectful. You're forgetting what this guy was doing in his first two or three games at North Carolina. We're talking about a guy that was projected to go top three, and they're like, who's better, him or LaMelo at point guard? And then all of a sudden he gets hurt, and the season gets postponed, and now all of a sudden he's ranked 16th in right. the draft. It, it just don't work like that. Don't forget his repertoire and, and his you know track, track record of being a floor general. I mean, when you're talking NBA comparisons, I would say ceiling Damian Lillard. Uh, your his floor is probably somewhere in that Terry Rozier range. Respectable. Yeah, I I just think people literally just forgot about what he was doing to start yeah, the season I mean, before he got hurt. What's What's interesting um, is that like majority of these guys, if you read, you know, about their strengths and improvement areas, you know, it talks about their collegiate stuff and improvement. There's not much from his collegiate. They bring up he's a bit streaky, shooting thirty five percent from from the high school three point line. Like, um, hello. You gotta remember, he did play some college ball before he got hurt. Like, like give, give the man some credit. Yep. Now, my my last one I'm gonna talk about, and I think it would be my favorite pick in the draft is Nico Manning out of Arizona. Um, you're talking about a redheaded Italian white kid. Uh, he played good for Arizona. I wish he would have been back to college this year. I think he needed another year. Now, he did have an explosive year for Arizona. It wasn't like this great year where it's just like, okay, this kid should get drafted. Um, in the top 15, but he did make enough noise to get himself, you know, in, in a, I would say the first round. Um, it, it'll, it'll be exciting to see where he goes and how he's used. Um, I would expect some G League time for him next year. Um, but I think he's got the potential to make an NBA roster in the end uh, because, I mean, at 6'3", this kid is an explosive athlete, explosive athlete. I mean, he gets off the floor so quick. It's actually surprising sometimes when he dunks because like he'll be driving normal and then boom he's up in the air. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes in the draft and what team wants to take a chance on him. Interesting. Um, you obviously know know a little bit more in, in depth of those guys than I do. Um, I just like to watch guys get up, dunk, make good plays, and try and try try and learn their names <laughs> and respect them. Okay, like. Well, a, a name a name you should probably be learning is oh, and I didn't even talk about Obi Toppin, which is my Dayton guy, which me and JT talk about a lot. One of my favorite yeah. players in the draft, just because I think he is a known commodity because of what he did versus Kansas. But a name Jackson should be learning is probably Denny Avdija. I don't know his last name out of Israel Abdija. small forward because I would assume that's who Chicago yeah, like, goes. Yeah, that's for. what we're projecting of getting is the small forward out of Israel. Like, yeah. I don't like obviously like yeah, I can I can learn his name, but then again like. I don't yeah. know what to expect from from that pick. It's 
Don't worry. When when they draft him, I'll get you. I'll get you a Denny jersey for Christmas Please for the don't. Chicago Bulls. <laughs> I would <laughs> say get me a Levine jersey, but I don't know how much longer he's going to be there. <laughs> yeah, if y'all if y'all come out looking um looking shaky, I wouldn't be surprised if y'all trade him and do another yeah, rebuild. And that that's what like in a way like I'm scared about, but like I'm not like I'm excited to see Billy Donovan coach, and he's excited to to take things. But we don't have like we've got Zach Levine, but Zach Levine's no Michael Jordan. We don't have a an it factor player that you could realistically build around. Yeah, and it's not just like I think Chicago needs to stop comparing everybody to get a Michael oh, Jordan. Yeah. Every shooting no, guard. I'm, ta- I'm talking about um, it you 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 need a Derrick Rose type player. You need a transcendent. You see, you need another mm-hmm. transcending player, and I don't think yeah. Denny is that player. I think they need to take a chance on someone and make a big move, whether it's through trade or through the draft. Because I, because my thing is they're trying to fill in holes exactly. in this team with their draft right now. Mm-hmm. When they don't need to be filling yeah. holes, they just need to rethink what they're doing because there there's a like, lot of more holes than they think. Like Colby White at no. point guard is not the answer. Uh, Markinen and and the center uh, from Duke. Wendell Carter work. is. Is, Wendell Carter. They, they don't work together. They, they, they don't, don't work, work the best work to me. Together. I don't know. It, it's um, weird. Now, my yeah. thing is, in Odo, Odo yeah, Porter's I'm, I'm not up, trying so. to compare every shooting guard to to Jordan. I'm just saying we don't have anybody that has that quote unquote it factor. Like most teams have yeah. somebody. You you got Kawhi in L.A. along with Paul George, which, well, as of last year, we don't know about that anymore. But just kidding. Um, you got John Wall in Washington. You've got LeBron or AD in LA. You've got Zion down in New Orleans. Like you have those guys that kind of have an it factor. Chicago doesn't really have anybody. Like that's it. My thing is, if you're Chicago, okay, and you think Lamelo, Anthony Edwards, or James Wiseman has the it factor, you trade somebody and your fourth pick to Timberwolves and you pick that player and you go from there. If you think one of those guys is the it factor, now they may not think that they may not think any of these guys has the it factor and they might think this is not yeah. the year for them. And maybe that's why they're drafting safe. Um, but if you think any of them guys has the it factor and you think that is the guy to bring in revenue, bring in attention and bring in free agents, you, you go for it uh, this year. Yeah. Stop waiting. Zach Levine is not getting younger. Uh, the thing you is, go for it this year. Since they just picked uh, Kobe White last year, I don't think that they're going to try and go out and trade for Lamelo Ball and bring him in. Um, you've got Zach so. Levine at the two. You're not going to go out and get Anthony Edwards, and you just drafted Wendell Carter. Why would you get James Wiseman unless, unless you know you trade Markinen, get James, get get James that, Wiseman, well, put James I'm, Wiseman I'm, at the five I'm, and Wendell Carter at the four. Yeah. Now we might be talking about something. My my thing is, I think Obi Toppin is just as good, if not better, than than Markinen. I say trade Markinen and something else to somebody, and get something in return, and trade down in the draft and pick Obi yeah, Toppin. Or you know maybe you you trade for another pick and you take Obi Toppin at number four, and then you yeah. get I don't know. Maybe Denny's still on the board later on, and you take Denny. Because, yeah. Either way, uh, I think things are getting interesting. 
definitely NBA, you know, starting back on December 22nd. Draft is the 18th, which is next, next Thursday, I believe. Um, next Wednesday. Ooh, a Wednesday yep. draft. That's awkward. Normally it's a Thursday. You know what I'm looking forward Wednesday to? Wednesday draft. It's, 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 yeah. it's 2020. Anything happened. We're going to Wednesday draft coming to? out. It's having our boy JT on for a pre-draft podcast next week. Is that yes. happening? Well, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, what a time to the be thing alive. is, it can't. It, we, we, as much as I want to do it on a Tuesday, we can't do it on a Tuesday because you got to coach some Lamar Christian basketball on the seventeenth. That did. game got canceled. All right. Yep. COVID. <laughs> Hey, hey, we are one to know though. You're riding that all the way to the championship, <laughs> my man. Yeah, we're we're gonna be one to know until district play because everything is getting getting canceled with COVID. Let's go. Um, yeah, that game got canceled. So hopefully we'll have JT on next week. But you'll just have to stay tuned and find out next week if we get JT or not. The Kentucky. Oh, I love Madden. that bald spot, man. Who doesn't? Well, thanks for thanks for joining us, everybody. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, uh, Sports Brain Podcast. Um, I'm Jackson. That's Caleb. Deuces. Peace and love.